Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, talking about the difference between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. We all have a leader within. Why not make that leader a little more supernatural? Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. My name is Sean Gaby. Thank you so much for stopping by. Don't forget, review, uh, subscribe if you haven't already, share the episodes with your friends. We love to hear how the supernatural is truly impacting your leadership and whatever it is that you do. So thank you so much for being part of this podcast family. Exciting today because we have an amazing chat coming up and he's a friend of mine, him and his wife. I've known them for several years, probably almost a decade by now. We met back in the day in Los Angeles, California at a, a leaders networking uh, sort of, you know, three day experience that we used to go to every year. And uh, we just love him and his wife, Chad and Julia Dedman. So I'm going to read a little bit of his bio to intro him, and then we'll bring him on uh, to give you a little bit of a glimpse into what God is doing in a supernatural way through his leadership. And so Chad and his wife, Julia, are ordained through Bethel Church and Iris Global, Heidi, Heidi and Roland Baker, for those of you who know who they are, and have enjoyed ministering together to over 35 nations since 2006. Chad enjoys speaking, demonstrating the healing power of God and activating the church to step into its full potential. Chad has worked as a young adult and youth pastor at the Vineyard Church in Laguna, Nagal, California, and has served as an alumni ordination and BSSM pastor at Bethel Church. He has, had a, he has a heart to see the church operate in the fullness of abundance, seeing love, miracles, and healing displayed in the corporate body of Christ. Chad and Julia are currently leading Encountering Jesus Ministries and Catch the Wave, which focuses primarily on equipping the church in prayer and evangelism. So Chad Deadman, welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. Here we go. Let's do it. Been awesome to just catch up a little bit before we dove into this. And yeah, I, I remember meeting you back in the day and just thinking that you were like a, a really different breed of a leader, man, just really respected what was on your life. And uh, I think it's been, and I think 2012, we probably first met somewhere in there. So yeah, almost yeah. basically 10 years ago. And uh, it's been a great journey and and just getting to even watch a little bit of your journey uh, from afar. I know that we're pretty far away from each other ge geographically, but uh, I love hearing what God is doing, man. And uh, yeah, I want to dive into something very different that you have your hands connected to. I want to call this episode actually supernatural surfing for everyone out there because you have an initiative that you are doing called catch the wave and it came from a dream in january 2021 in the middle of a pandemic but before you show the dream tell us what catch the wave is and then bring us on the journey of how you kind of started this all yeah. this whole thing yeah yeah so i mean catch the wave started in 2018 and um it's just about this place like we do catch the wave beach parties we do catch the wave wow services which is worship on water um you know we do beach cleanups and uh which is pretty amazing and um and then we also do special needs uh surf camps and uh but 20 2021 in january you know it was a pretty crazy time and 
you know, California really went through it. I mean, you know, for 40 days, our beaches were closed, meaning that, you know, I have several friends that got fined thousand dollars for surfing by themselves, you know, and, wow. and you know what I mean? It worked. In the water. I mean, it, it, by it felt themselves. like, yeah, it felt like when COVID, it, like people started taking crazy pills. So in the surfing community, <laughs> we have this um, Instagram account called Kook Slams. And Kook Slam shows when the pandemic started in March of 2020, these Costa Rican uh, police officers were trying to get surfers out the water and they were shooting round li uh, uh, live rounds of bullets, telling them to get out of the water, which is like the, 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 the picture of irony, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, get out of the water, we're going to shoot at you, that's not safe to go surfing, but you know, with that in mind, you know, I just feel like there's such a time to bring the God of hope. And I had been like asking God, like, what am, what am I supposed to do in these times, you know, during this pandemic? And I have this dream where I'm stand up paddleboarding. I'm not a huge stand up paddleboard guy. I'm a surfer. I've surfed my whole life in California. I've been able to surf in over 20 countries. And um, so that to be said, I wasn't on a surfboard. I was on a paddleboard in this dream. And I was paddleboarding in the Huntington Beach Pier where I was born and raised. Um, and I saw this angel and this angel put down this gold net into the water, into the ocean floor. And he started going south. And I felt like I was supposed to follow him. And I kept on following him down south all the way to San Clemente Pier, which would be the whole uh, boundary line of Orange County. And it was 37 miles. And I heard the voice of God say, intercede. So I put my paddle down, I put my hands up, start praying for California, praying for America, praying for Canada, praying for, you know, just, just the surrounding countries to just get rocked by the God of hope. And I have my hands up and I see this cloud, like the size of a man's hand getting, you know, far out in the ocean. And I actually saw um, like, like lightning bolts, like, um, flashes of light and really reminded me at Bethel church in 2011 and 12, we had like the glory cloud and we would have like Friday nights at 11 o'clock at night, this cloud would show up, but it looked like there was fireworks going off in the cloud and there was like flashes of light. And it reminded me of, you know, in this dream reminded me of what I saw in 2011 wow. in the worship time. And this cloud got to me and came over San Clemente, then came over Orange County, then came over California, then went all through America, all the way through North America, all the way to South America. And I woke up in the dream and I heard the voice of God say February 2nd through the 6th. And I knew that it meant I need to do this. And this was January 10th that I had the dream. And this is three weeks. Ended up documenting the whole experience. Um, where, you know, I was a rookie. I didn't know what I was doing. Like my first episode, my first per paddle, my first day, I went out in board shorts and a sweater and a beanie. That was a really bad move. February 2nd, it's the water is 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, 57 the, the degrees, temperature wow. is only like 50 degrees. Um, we got, we fell in, we were used paddle boards. We've never used before. Again, I'd never gone over a, uh, a mile. And I set out to do this crazy adventure, not knowing what to expect. And it was incredible. It was an incredible experience, but it was definitely hard. I think the first day, you know, I had a lifeguard with me and another buddy who's a really amazing waterman. So we all had boards that we had never used before. They were like 14 feet and they're like really good for like the lake or like still water and not for the ocean. And we had crazy wind swells and we had wind come up. We probably fell at least 40 times each. So not only are you paddling eight miles, cause that was our first day, we did 37 in like four days, but 
we did eight miles that first day and we were so sore and we began to like, actually like this deal of, we celebrated one another where we would just be like, Hey, you know what? Like there's, we started declaring there's a new baptism and it was like, and God told, talked to me afterwards and said, it's a baptism of risk that it's stepping out of the boat, like Peter and Peter fell, you know, after he took his eyes off of Jesus, but he learned a valuable lesson that the other 11 disciples didn't get to learn. And there's something about, when you fail, you, you, you begin to redefine what success is that, yeah. that hopefully Good. through, you know, what we call failing, you learn a valuable yeah. lesson and you gain wisdom. And then, you know, you begin to have, you don't make those same mistakes. And so it's so important to be taking risk. And that's, was a big thing of what I was doing was a risk. It was unknown. I didn't know what to expect. I was completely sore. There was times when I thought I wasn't going to make it. And um, ended up completing it. And that was in February of 21. And I've ended up paddling since then over 300 miles. And um, it's been incredible. And I've seen, I've seen great white sharks. I've seen shipwrecks. Um, I've seen, uh, you know, swam with dolphins, um, turtles, all kinds of humpback whales. I did my, in this last February, I did my first island to island paddle in Hawaii from Maui to Molokini, where I saw probably 70 humpback whales um, and uh, swam with a whale, which was pretty cool. But wow. anyways, yeah, it's an it's Man, a, and, and just so I understand, like when you say paddle boarding, like are you stand you're standing up paddle boarding? Yep, stand up paddle. That's boarding. hard. I mean, yeah. I've done that on a lake. Yeah. Where the waves are like small. I don't even know how that's possible. Like that's crazy. Yeah, you must, be, you must be ripped. You might your core must be just ripped because it's all the stabilizer muscles. You're like, yeah, balancing the entire time. Like, yeah, you, you're, 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 you are very, very sore. My biggest paddle open water has been um, uh, 19 miles. That was a pretty big one. Then I've done some river paddles where I've gone to 40 miles, and the river flow is like, you know, three miles an hour, two miles an hour. So it's and the a thing good is, you, you you can't just you can't just quit halfway because you're in the middle of the water. I mean, unless you have oh. a boat following you. You yeah. can't just no, give no. up. So you got to yeah. make it through this thing. Yeah. I, I, uh, the, the, the furthest out from, you know, land I was at that, that paddle was a 12 and a half mile paddle from Island to Island. So six miles out to see where if something goes wrong, um, you know, equipment failure, broken paddle, you just got to adapt. You got to pivot. You got to know what you're doing. Um, obviously there's, I have communications. I, I could radio or I can uh, use my phone, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you might not have anybody come and get you for a couple you know, hours and then, you know, you got to know your currents and all that fun stuff. So yes, it, it is. Sounds like a, it sounds like it sounds like a good script for like a potential horror movie. You know, you get stuck out on the water in the middle of like 70 humpback whales, the sharks come, you got the, <laughs> sounds like a, the makings of a potential horror movie paddler goes out there, gets lost at sea, <laughs> not going to happen in Jesus name to you, but no, Hey, that's awesome. Tell us about the, surfing side of the initiative and and bring us into some of the impact that you are having now with uh, what i believe is such a very creative way of like you said stepping out of the boat doing something different taking risks but ultimately not just for your own kicks because you want to see the kingdom advance you want to see supernatural impact happen so bring us on on a little bit of a journey of, of yeah. going into your story with the surfing side of it and how that's impacting the world around you. Yeah, I mean, going into the surfing side, you know, first off, um, I started doing these special needs surf camps, but it was actually 
I started really doing them after um, killing PTSD. I was in a severe car accident in 2018 in October. I rolled my 400 five times, was ejected through the sunroof, uh, had a pretty gnarly head injury, uh, was sensitive to light for months, claustrophobia. Which I remember because you posted that. Yeah. You like did a selfie or something. You got out. I remember that. That was, that was a bloody, that was a bloody post, man. It was, that was a bloody it was. Post. And you know, I mean, you know, the doctor is telling me 73% of those that uh, get ejected from the sunroof and in a fatality, you know, had a, had a three month old, I, I, I had a three month old and a three year old at the time. So it was just like, it was a pretty good shocker. Um, ended up, you know, taking a sabbatical, not, not being in ministry, not getting paid to do ministry, started selling solar. And I was selling solar when I helped out a buddy at a special needs surf camp. And I was taking this little boy who was two years old with down syndrome. And he kept on, I, I, you know, just find this little ripple, probably this wave that was like eight inches, you know, and I would just take him on this big giant board and just push him into this little tiny wave could probably go like, you know, 30 meters and then and then he would just be doing this which means more just one more and then wow. i probably did that for two hours where i took him out and had at least 40 or 50 waves with with him and i'm wow. just started crying tears of joy of just like this is this is ministry this is what wow. i want to do this is you know like if i could choose between speaking at conferences or taking out you know this two-year-old with down syndrome i took out this one kid joey who was 15 years old born blind um, and, and so we had a system where I got to take them, you know, surfing and then I would, uh, you know, just yell, like jump off when it, right before we hit the beach so that he, you know, he doesn't know when the beach is coming. So then I was able to, you know, I was on the surfboard with them and I'd verbally say, you know, jump off and, you know, just to help people get into the waves. And I think when you're dealing with trauma, like I was, that it was a place of healing where we begin to you know, especially in, in our age and, and, uh, I'm 40. And so they call me a tweener, which I guess I'm like in between the gen Xers and the millennials, but this whole movement of take care of your heart, take care, you know, the self-care, all that stuff, love yourself. And, and, and I love it, the wholehearted living, but, um, but there's something about helping others where you discover the health that's inside of you. You, wow. you, you actually get your own breakthrough. And it was in helping others get waves in a time when I was struggling with PTSD, that it was, it was something that brought joy. It got my eyes off of myself as I was doing so much therapy that, that it was in serving others and seeing others with circumstances that they can't get out in these waves unless they have assistance and you get to help them in that joy, that overcoming, it just is contagious. And it really was, I'd start doing that for selfish reasons because, you know, it would just be tears of joy every single time. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where it all started. And that is a big initiative. When I do these prayer paddles, I'm not just doing the, the paddle and I'm not just like taking the ground and praying that um, I want to go and, and, and help out the community. So I've done special needs surf camps all along the coast of California. Um, uh, I've taken out probably over 200 kids so far. Um, I, then, but then there's the other stuff is uh, 2018, we did our first conference for Catch the Wave. And this lady came and she got rocked by God. And I was in my accident uh, three months later. And then she contacted my wife, um, Julia, who's a real realtor. 
and said, hey, I want to buy a house up in Reading. I saw you guys in Orange County. I heard the voice of God for the first time, and I want to buy a house with you, and then I want to take you guys out to dinner. Wow. So I, this is December of 2018. I have my brain thing. I can't barely, you know, be in light. I have this crazy migraine. I'm having like, I'm having night terrors. If I jumped on an airplane, I get claustrophobic or I get into a car, I get claustrophobic. Just really, really, obviously my cortisol levels are jacked. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to meet with her, with Julia. And she says, when you were speaking, me, I had this open vision and heard God say, this man will take your husband surfing. And so she starts telling us her story that her husband was riding his mountain bike. He was, he's a land developer. He's a realtor. Um, and, and he's riding his mountain bike on Super Bowl Sunday. And it's 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And a drunk driver in a big, like, raised truck hits him, hits him. And then it's a hit and run. He takes off. The police end up finding him hours later. But the husband is uh, is not a quadriplegic. It's a brain injury. So his brain does not fire. So he will have movement, but it'll be involuntary. He can't talk. He can't, you know, he, he can't communicate. She just gave birth to their fifth son. Wow. He's three months old. So he's a big surfer guy. He, they did surf missions in Nicaragua, in, in Mexico. And so she tells me, um, God spoke to me and said, you'll take him out surfing. And I'm like, I can't take him out surfing. Like, like I'm look where I'm at. Like, I, you know, like I can't take yeah. him. And then there's this thing in me of like, well, I could have been in this guy's situation. And so that whole deal yeah. of, wow. you know, um, you know, do unto others as you would have them do to you. Like yeah, this yeah, thing yeah, in me yeah. of like, well, if I'm still breathing, I hope I have friends that will strap me to a surfboard because I'm still alive and I'm still a yeah. surfer. So yeah. throw yeah. me in the waves. And so I look at her and I say, when I am better, I will take him surfing. So I go through, you know, my journey of killing PTSD, discover all the different stuff of art therapy and, you know, various different things. And, and God gives us many arrows to kill trauma and actually not be stuck in your pain, be present in your pain, but then find God there and then find, you know, that you begin to, you begin to move forward and you begin to have scars that are great. And, um, and so anyways, uh, August, 2019, I just have like, it just all worked out for me to take him surfing. I ended up taking him surfing, got three waves and, you know, I mean, this guy, you know, I mean, like if he falls in, he might die. So like, do not wipe out. I mean, first of all, and you know, but I feel pretty confident. Like so when you take right somebody now. surfing or like someone like this, are you like holding the board like how, how does this even look like give us the image of yeah what this so we like. have this big giant surfboard that you could fit like six people on oh okay. so we have him and his wife which she said is a crazier miracle to get her out in the water but she's her she's her she's his primary caretaker so she's gonna know how he's doing so i really wanted her to be there so she would hold him up Cause he can't, you know, he, he can't hold, hold himself up. So she, so we put a life vest on him, you know, like I've got a lifeguard with me. I've got lifeguard training. Like we know what to do, but if we wipe out, he doesn't know to spit out the water. It's just going to go into his lungs. So we have to have oh. a whole procedure of how we're going to take care of it. If we do wipe Damn. out. And by the way, like the greatest surfer of all time, which would be Kelly Slater, who won pipeline at 50 years old, which is a crazy deal. He's fallen. Like I've surfed with Kelly Slater. I've seen him fall. Like the, you know what I mean? Michael right. Jordan misses shots. Like, 
Like right. meaning that yeah. you do wipe out when you go surfing, it's a huge risk. And I'm like, all right, you know, but like we have set him up for success. He ends up getting three waves. It's amazing. I mean, his family was like super nervous. His brother like took me aside and said, I don't think this is the, you know, he could die. And I'm like, bro, like we're taking him out surfing. We're making the right precautions. Like we're, this is going to be successful. So we get him in the van, they leave. And I suddenly remind, like I get this like remembrance of the dinner that we had in December where I'm shot. There's no you way. I forgotten about it. Crazy. I forgot about it where I wow. said, when I am better, I didn't realize that like I remembered, oh my gosh, I told her when I am better, I will take him surfing. So I just had this like self-realization moment when they're like leaving. I look in the parking lot on the ground. And I'm going, I guess I'm better. So wow, yeah, I mean, so like, cool. oh, bro, like, so to further that story, that's Steve and Lori. Um, uh, and uh, I, something happened to me where I had an encounter with the father. And, and there's thing in me of like, man, he's a dad, like every dad should have rites of passages with their kids, hiking, fishing, surfing, horseback riding, whatever. And, and like, I'm like, he's a dad and he hasn't taken his two youngest. He hasn't taken his two youngest out surfing. And I'm like on father's day, 2021, I took him out with his five sons and his wife, wow. family of seven out surfing. This is the second time and now. You took it the, this the first is the second time. time. Okay. I did took did him he wipe out. out the first time? Did he wipe out? No. Did, did, no. Okay. And we almost wiped out the second, the second round. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We almost wiped out, but we made it. I mean, when you've got like five, there, there was a family of seven and then me and my buddy Dana, uh, who's a lot smaller than me, but we almost went over the falls. But, you know, it, it's pretty crazy to just watch like the community, like the surf culture is pretty tight knit. Um, we're, we're not a, like we're, we're pretty exclusive in some ways. Like, you know, we've got, you know, Instagram like accounts called Coop Slams and Coop of the Day because we're outing people that don't belong to our tribe pretty much. But we paddle out. And I was with a buddy who's like a Navy SEAL. And I said, tell him, he's got a really loud voice. And I go, hey, tell everyone out in the lineup what we're doing. So this is Father's Day at Doheny in Southern California. There is probably a hundred people in the lineup that's catching this one wave that breaks off this rock. And there's like a hundred people. I mean, it's Father's Day. So, so my buddy screams out, hey, everyone, this is Steve. He, he, we're going to get waves, party waves with his family, with his sons, just, you know, and like he makes his nest and everyone, like people started clapping. Three people came and paddled over to me and, and said, can we pray for him? We're like, we didn't even tell people we're Christians or anything. I'm like, yeah, pray for him. Yes. Yeah. And then, but every time we would catch a wave, the whole lineup would clap and cheer. Wow. That's amazing. Like it was crazy to see the surf community rally say, Hey, no, no, no. We're going to help this guy catch some waves. Cause everyone and, knew this um, was different. Everyone knew this was like a different moment. Well, surfing is very selfish. Like, like usually you see one surfer per one wave. So like to have the whole community say, nah, we're not playing that game right now. We are celebrating. We're coming together as a community. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what the yeah. deal is with this yeah. pandemic that I feel like has been, you know, like we've discovered so much from psychology about isolation and quarantining and, you know, like, and, and just, man, the power of community, you know, where everyone is celebrating and assisting. We're all a part of this, you know, the, the success of him surfing with his kids. And um, yeah, it was pretty phenomenal. So that's, that's amazing. Story. So I got to ask, this is totally story. Just go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. This, this last section is he graduated. 
he passed away October, 2021. And I think that's so big. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's such a thing as leadership. And and one of the things that will be a voice in your head at times, especially when you're taking big risks is you're not ready. You're not ready. You don't have it all lined up. You don't have all the money. You don't have all the backing. You don't have like, you know what I mean? Like I have the dream January 10th. I mean, so I had to go buy a drone. I had to put that on my credit card. I had to go buy, like, the Lord's like, document this. And I'm like, all right, God, like, I'm going to go document this. What does that look like stewarding? What does that look like? Oh my God, it's three weeks away. I haven't trained. I've got holiday weight. Like what, like, I'm not, no, no, let's do this in the summer. Let's do this when it's warm. Let's do this. I live in Reading. It takes me 10 hours to drive to do this thing. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, circumstances aren't always going to line up. It's not going to always be like the perfect, you know, but, and also I'm not ready. No, I need to do this first. I need to get this lined up. Maybe I need to partner with this person. And the big thing is, is just to go for it, to, to, to notice when you hear that sometimes it's intimidation, it's fear and, and it paralyzes you. And it's like, no, I'm going forward. And there's something about seizing the day. There's something about like, okay, I'm not fully ready, but I'm going to get ready in the process. And then Steve, I took him out twice. I got to take him out. Like, 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 think about that. His two youngest sons now could forever say, I went surfing with my dad. Wow. And I, I think that's special. Powerful. You know, that's, that's, that's something like worth going after. And we only have certain moments. I mean, he's graduated. I don't have that as a possibility. I don't have that. You know, I can't take, I can't take Steve out with his boys anymore. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, that, that got a little intense. Hey everyone, before we continue on with this interview, I have some exciting news to share with you. The Supernatural Leadership School is now live. The platform has been launched with our very first e-course called the Voice of God module. I would encourage you head over to SupernaturalLeadership.com and sign up today and begin a brand new Supernatural Leadership journey. It's powerful, man. You know, I, I so many people wait until they feel they're ready but unfortunately when it comes to the supernatural side of taking risks when you include god in your life he's gonna always ask you to do things when you're not ready but he's ready for you to take that step and because you did that and you're doing it in such a creative way like i don't think i've ever had a conversation with somebody that's doing something quite like this and I think you have to be able to take a risk to do something that's so outside of like, there's no paradigm for it. Like you, you can't reference all, a list of these ministries that are doing the exact same thing, the exact same way, you know? And so you have to go almost cold Turkey. You have to go without um, a paradigm or a framework and just trust God in the process. And as you do that, and this is what supernatural leadership is all about is simply being led by the spirit. And we're only led by the spirit when it makes no sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I would question if it's God, because the majority of the time that God calls us to do anything, it makes no sense to our logic. That's and he, he gives us a piece. The Bible says yep. that surpasses our understanding. It goes beyond our ability to reason what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. And so this is what you're doing. And this is how it's impacting the world around you. And I love this. I, I the question I was going to ask you, then you dropped that like heavy at the end. I'm like, Oh, I don't, don't want to go back there right away. But <laughs> with, the, with the guy dying, which is unfortunate, but you had yeah. the opportunity to really minister to it. But I was going to ask you, ask you define just, this is like a side 
you know, derailed moment here. Define what a wipeout is in, in surfing language. Like I, I, yeah. I, I I'm yeah. thinking like you fall off your board into the water. Are you being sucked underneath like the, Oh the bro. Like what's a, what's a wipeout? kinds of different wipeouts. Like the weight behind me, that isn't Doheny where I took, I'm not going to take Steve out. I'm not going to take special needs out on a wave that has this It's called yeah. this waves of consequence. Okay. Waves of consequence. So, so you wipe out, I, I've hit my head on the reef. Um, I, I mean, you know, uh, there's been so many different wipeouts. I've had the leech wrap around me where I can't swim. I'm, whoa, I'm, whoa, I'm whoa. What do you mean? What do you mean? The, what do you mean? A leech wrap around you? A, a leech. leech. Yeah. A leech. That's going to be, there's oh, my a leech. Oh, I, I heard a leech. <laughs> okay. A leech. A leech. Yeah. So there's going to be it, a leech it. attached to the tail of the board to my right. ankle. Yeah. And that leash is, you know, it's like a rope, you know, and it, and it wrapped around my, my, my arms and I was surfing wow. in Hawaii and I couldn't, I couldn't swim with my, I don't want to kick. Um, Dude. I've gotten stuck in the reef before where, where your leash will get stuck under the reef. And so you can't, you know, you can't get up to the surface and you got to do you do? down and so get what do you the do reef that out. Oh man. So yeah, and then there's this that that's a wipeout that I have. There's a scar right there. I don't know if you can see it there, but um, it was Fiji, and uh, the board hit me in the face, and I was bleeding. And a 12 foot tiger shark uh, chased me. Um, oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, it was a pretty crazy Man. deal. Man, like okay, yeah. so question: Would you watch that movie Soul Surfer? You know that surfer who who lost yeah, her Bethany arm. Hamilton. I've yeah, surfed yeah, yeah. with her a bunch of times. Yeah, she's crazy. awesome. Crazy. Yeah. So like, I mean, this stuff is like, I mean, have you ever been close to like a shark? I mean, other than that moment. Oh yeah, had... that was the closest. I mean, cause I mean, I'm bleeding. So I'm giving the shark, you know, intel that, that <laughs> take me, you know? And so, um, no, I mean, there's been a couple of close, like in South Africa, I saw two great whites. Those are, but, but tiger sharks are different. Tigers and bull sharks are the most aggressive sharks out there. So I feel more comfortable with a great white than a tiger. I'll tell you that. Like, and so that was a tiger shark in Fiji and um, Indonesia. There was a tiger shark that took a turtle right next to me. Turtles are their favorite foods. Uh, they love turtles. Um, and uh, yeah, to the, to the sound of the shell and the teeth, you know, him breaking up the shell it sounded like a car being crushed. Oh so God. yeah, we got out of the water, but my other buddy stayed in the water going, I think he's full. And I'm like, no, that turtle wasn't big enough to make wow. him full. So what's but, the biggest wave you've ever surfed on? Oh, 20, 20 foot plus, but I've been out, I've been out in 35 foot waves and that's to be out there is an accomplishment. Um, Waimea Bay, uh, I got to, yeah, there's a lot of surfing stuff that we could go into, but yeah, 35 foot and you, you the whole ocean rises and if you have a, a cleanup set. And so that's the more craziness is when you see a 35 foot wave break in front of you. Um, it's Man. pretty, it's, it's, you, you just, you have to stay calm. You have to, you really learn about breath, which is so amazing to learn about breath. And, um, but yeah, staying calm, staying calm is the biggest, you got to stay relaxed. If you don't, if you restrict, you lose 30% of oxygen. If you're constricting, you're tightening up, you know? And so, um, anyways, yeah, we go into all the surfing Man, stuff. Well, I, I think about surfing as like, you probably have so many sermon message illustrations from surfing. I mean, you yeah. talk about the, you said this one statement about the wave behind you. I know most people listening, unless they're watching. Uh, won't see it, but it's a pretty big wave, and you called it a wave of consequence. Yeah, and isn't that such like a um, an illustration for life? There are the waves of no consequence. There are the easy 
things that we do and that we kind of let kind of move us out or move us towards the things that we're moving towards. And there are the waves that if we take them, we're taking a risk. And this is what we're talking about here. We're talking about risks. We're talking about taking a step of faith when it makes no sense. And I think that, you know, God is always giving us an opportunity in our supernatural leadership journey to take these waves of consequence. That, hey, it's going to be risky. You might fall off your board. You might get taken out. There might be some sharks. You might see some stuff causes you to lose stability, get in your head a little bit. But if you trust God in the journey, he'll take you in and he'll protect you. And even if you do fall off, he's so good. Just like Peter, he'll pick us up. And you guys, you and your dad wrote a book recently called the risk factor. Tell us about that book. And I think that in light of this conversation, it really connects to what it is that we're talking about. Yeah. I think too, like even just to hit on the surfing thing and I'll hit on the risk factor is at the end of the day, I don't focus. I mean, sometimes I do focus on my wipeouts because they were so amazing. And, and it was, it was, it was an actual epic journey to wipe out and what happens, but, but I'm really, honestly, I'm thinking about all the waves that I made, you know what I mean? Like I'm not consumed with my wipeout or consumed with the failure. I'm consumed with the waves that I made, but it's that whole deal of opportunities of like, I'm going to keep taking opportunities. And if I wipe out and I, and I quit surfing, that would be a real bummer way to, you know, to quit as something that you love where it's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to leave with the, with a win. I'm going to leave with some success. And I think that's the big thing is with the risk factor is really redefining what success is that, that just getting out there, or maybe you fell 10 times, but you got up that once, like, you know what I mean? And so, so I, I think it's so important. Yeah. The risk factor, um, that's, that was our goal. You know, it's something that me and my dad have done. Uh, we've cultivated a lifestyle of risk, John Wimber. We grew up in the vineyard movement. My parents were pastors with John, uh, uh in the late eighties and early nineties and John Wimber would spell faith R I S K. And so it's so important for us to take risks that we discover God, we discover ourselves And I think it's like, I think it's a real big difference of condemnation and, and spirit led living. Like I remember, you know, me becoming a public speaker in my early twenties. And I remember laying in my bed and, and I would have like a third party, you know, me and the Holy spirit would be, and then I would start getting revelation. I'd like, I'll get words of knowledge, stuff that I didn't get during the meeting. And I would be like, Oh man, I missed it. Like I missed it. And and the Holy spirit's like, no, I'm trying to teach you how to grow and how to, you know, that this is, you're becoming better, more and more aware and how to be led by my spirit, that this is a teaching moment and condemnation shuts that stuff down. You know what I mean? Like the gift of healing. Oh, I prayed for that guy with an ankle and he didn't get healed. I guess I don't have it. There's something about, you know what, I'm going to be uh, tenacious, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to keep on going. And, you know, and so I think, you know, that is the big one is right where your where your mind is at, where the mindset of no, I'm more than a conqueror, like, like, this is what I do, you know, and, and then you begin to borrow other people's breakthrough, you know what I mean? And it's, that's a Roger Bannister principle that that scientists and doctors and everyone in the up to the early 1900s said you can't break a four minute mile then roger bannister does and then 40 days later or something like that the next guy breaks it and now it's a normal and i think 
for us to understand us as leaders, we are going to take risks. Us as leaders are going to go places that no one else has gone before. Usually leaders are forerunners. Usually leaders, you know, are pioneers. And, and being a pioneer myself in my industry is that, that, that it's about learning how to take risk and how to take it the right way and how to learn from it, how to grow from it but also um, to not play it safe because yeah. God's presence is the most comfortable place, but it's not supposed to be the most safe place. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not supposed to be the most yeah. comfortable place, but it's supposed yeah. to be the most safe place. So yeah. I think that's, that's the biggest yeah. one is just embracing when, when you think that you failed, you start yeah. having eyes to see, no, where's the win in this. And you probably feel like a measure of risk every single time you go into the water. I'm assuming like there is probably you know, some days where the waves are really big and you're, you're thinking, okay, this is a little bit more risky. Some days you're probably like, there's a level of risk, but Hey, I'm, I'm probably yeah. pretty good. I think, I think when we talk about waves of consequence, when, when I like, I go, I draw back into my preparation of like, okay, am I prepared for this? You know, have I trained for this? Am I, am I prepared? And, and that gives me confidence that gives me like, no, I belong here. I belong in waves of consequence Good. because waves of consequence will be some of the greatest waves you'll ever catch. And, and then it's the focus that mental fortitude is so critical in waves of consequence, because when I'm surfing Doheny, when I'm surfing waves that are six foot or, or smaller, I I'm usually that's when a lot of surfers, really good surfers get injured because they're not, they're, they're not focused. They're not thinking this is a wave of consequence. Interesting. You know, and, and so yeah. it's so important to bring your mental fortitude and your focus and, and, um, you know, and that's a big one. And then also your knowledge, like your, your wave knowledge and your respect of the ocean. You're not there to conquer the ocean. You're there to be, you're not intention. You're not fighting. You're not battling. And it's that place of flow to learn how to flow, to learn, to know what the ocean is doing and to actually use that as your advantage. Meaning there's rips, there's all Amazing. kinds of things. So there, yeah. there's a lot of different things that I Amazing. can talk about with the ocean. That's a message right there, man. You just gave us a, a, a three point message right there. Give us, as we close here, give us um, from those takeaways that you just mentioned, give us the listeners uh, a practical activation on how we can approach risks in this next season season could be like a 21 day thing seven day thing a three day thing give us something that we can do in this next season to approach our own waves of consequence with confidence yeah i think that what the challenge that i would bring up is why don't you think of in your business or whatever you want to apply it how do i take risk and that you would begin to um, connect to what that is for example, one of my junior high kids, I was a junior high pastor, and one of them said, you know what, we've seen cancer healed, we've seen because success is going to be different from everyone else, you know, and so we've seen all this, but we never, we haven't walked on water yet. And Jesus did walk on water. And he said, those that believe in me will do the same works as I do. And I'm like, game on. So I provided them a pool at my parents' house. We were on a trip and they fell in the water like three times. And then we did this beach baptism back down in Southern California. And one of the kids walked on water, you know, which was so amazing. But wow. But okay. So qualify that. Wait, wait, wait. So he... that you just qualified. You just said something like that's totally out of the box. What qualify that? He walked on water. How did he walk on water? Yeah. So we did a beach baptism. I use these two, two kids were trying to walk on water at, up in Reading. We did a youth conference 
And so they would fall in and I wasn't going to say anything to the youth group. I didn't want to put any outside pressure on them. I didn't want to make like a big thing of it. Like they're on their journey. I'm going to celebrate them. And so for three nights, you know, and now everyone's kind of catching on, you know what I mean? As the washer and dryer goes on in the night and all that fun stuff. And so, um, so I, I made it a point, Hey, in our, our youth group, we celebrate risk-taking. So we gathered around them, we prayed for them and we just declared, you're not a failure. Like you, you're, maybe it'll be the next time you, you attempt it. Maybe it's the next time, you know, and it, just that, that, that support that lends encouragement yeah, should yeah, give people yeah, courage. Yeah. And, and so, so we went down and uh, drove back down to Southern California. The next day was a beach baptism. So the like 40 youth that were there, they said, Hey, you two have been contending. Let's contend together. So old hands, they all walk out into the ocean. They all get about chest to shoulder deep. And they realize that one of the kids is still on top of the water, still walking What on top. That's crazy. See, this should have been yeah. in the beginning of the conversation. Now we just dropped this like <laughs> wild story. So, so yeah, this is, this is actually in the book, the risk factor that's where awesome. I talk about my junior high kids, wow. but, but, but it's so important. And I just want to tell everyone, like, why don't you take, you know, this, this just do it. You take 21 yeah, yeah, yeah. days but you first have to connect the dots of what is the risk? What is success look like? Yeah. And then you begin to tackle it where you are giving those 21 days of, okay, I know what success looks like. I know what risk looks like. I'm going to begin to engage in, in my every day for the next 21 days, making practical ways, like just giving yeah, opportunities yeah. and having that way of thinking, you know, this is like the evangelist in me, but the, having yeah. that way of thinking of, okay, I'm making opportunities of how do I see success in this place of risk? Yeah. And, and ultimately, I mean, like, and you said this at the beginning before we even talked uh, on the, on the episode that like everything in the end, the success of risk always looks like birthed out of the right place. Like if God is leading us to something that is, feels risky, we know yep. there will be a success no matter what yep. and a significance that comes with that. Sometimes we take risks because we just want to. It's like I'm gonna go buy a Rolls Royce by faith, yep. or and like it doesn't it doesn't work the same way. No. But when we're led and something is birthed from the right place, if God is bringing us on a journey, then we can trust that those risks in those risks we will win at some capacity. That's powerful, man. Thank you so much yep. for chatting. This has been yeah. a really interesting conversation, and uh, I want to encourage all the listeners out there to uh, practically apply some of what Chad has just talked about, some of the activation he just gave you. Take those to heart and watch them impact your leadership and business in whatever sphere that you are connected to right now. Spirit-led risks will always bring incredible, incredible fruit. And so don't forget, get Chad's book, The Risk Factor. We'll put the information in the description below. And how do they connect with you? How do they connect with what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can follow us on, on Instagram, social media, catch the wave, uh, catch the wave global.org is our website. Um, yeah, just come awesome. and come with us. Come on a per paddle with us. Awesome. You've got to come teach some surfing in cold Canada. Oh, that's the, well, would the be my privilege. Yeah, Nova I, Scotia, I, British Columbia. Let's go. Uh, I, you know, I'm not, a, I I've only surfed, uh, I think once in my life and it was in Mexico and I got major, um, burn what do you call the burn the well, rash you, get, you got a rash on the oh chest. major rash i couldn't, rash I couldn't put my i had to walk around with my arms up all day it like hurts yeah. so bad and no one told me to wear like a rash guard or anything i had no idea where in and mexico it was, were you 
It was, uh, I don't know, it was 2004. It was a beach in Mexico. I was on a missions trip, actually, and we had an afternoon oh, off. And I can't remember what part of Mexico it was, but uh, I just you know what? I could put my arms down. remember that feeling. You, well, I'll make sure that you never have that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I remember when I lived in Alaska, I lived on the coast of Alaska, and it was cold, especially in the fall, winter when I was there. And there were people surfing like every morning in wetsuits. It was actually good waves in Alaska. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, man, this is nuts. I, and, I, and it was like cold, dark, and people are out there surfing. And I lived in Halibut Cove, which is like Halibut capital of the world. And um, not necessarily a big open space, but they were catching pretty big waves. And yeah, it was always uh, always in intriguing for me to watch. And so, but thank you so much, Chad. Really appreciate your time. And uh, I want to encourage everyone out there, like I said, get his book, The Risk Factor. Check out the info in the description. Follow Chad. And I know that, uh, you know, what he's doing will have some awesome impact in your leadership journey remember everyone has a leader within so let's make that leader a little more supernatural we'll see you next time if this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way we are incredibly thankful we would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.